Science Beer Review Episode The Cost of Couscous Science Beer Review. I am Jacqueline, and I am your host for today. And Science Beer Review is a podcast where a group of scientists from different fields get together to share and talk about science. But because we don't take ourselves too seriously, we then use each discussion to inspire an improvised comedy sketch. This means that we make up everything on the spot, which generally results in something pretty crazy. We hope it's fun for you to listen to. Today, we're chatting with... Mehalis, I'm a toxicologist. Aris, an evolutionary biologist. Kamel, evolutionary biologist too. And me, Jacqueline, I am a biological oceanographer. Camille has brought a cool paper to share with us today. Oh, thanks Jacqueline. As usual, I think I brought the coolest paper ever. I picked the paper published 2015 in Experimental Economics. The name of the paper is The Effects of Endowment size and strategy method on a third-party punishment. All right, I will try to go through it to explain what it actually means. Third-party punishment is also called altruistic punishment. It's punishment done by third person. So imagine that uh, three people have interactions, me, Paris, and Megaris. Paris asks me for help, and I say, no, Paris, I don't want to help you because I don't care. And Megaris can step in and say, Camille, you act badly, (laughs) you will get punished. So he's not the one who's suffering by my decision before. He's the third party. Because I'm the first party, I'm the actor. There is uh, Paris as a recipient, as a second party, and the third party is the one who's punishing. And the thing is, what's causing this behavior? Because usually stepping in and causing the punishment has also a cost. Is it an altruism or... And actually, what was found through other experiments, that people are willing to pay to be a third-party punishers. They have what? a... They were... Con- pay money? I'm sorry. Yeah. Well, cost. Whatever it means. They're willing to, like, uh, willingly have a sacrifice to be able to punish a person. But punish a person who, des- quote-unquote, de- deserves to be punished. Well, regardless. <laughs> but yes. Okay. <laughs> it's, it's about their fair judgment. Actually, it doesn't even have to be a crime. It doesn't have to be even a bad thing. It can be just a selfish behavior. And people still tend to go in and punish the person. So then is the question. If it's uh, self-focused envy or if it's just the anger of uh, breaking the rules or the social concepts. Because everybody is willing to have this altruistic behavior. And if somebody sees somebody else not sharing these concepts or not behaving same, it makes them angry. And then they want to go and act against it. The other explanation could be that they're just envy of the person. The person has something what this person has not. So there could be a big bias through endowment. So endowment is like how much wealth or potential you have. It's like inherited qualities. So in this paper, they they were trying to kind of assess all the strategy method, which is something what I have not understood, and endowment size, which is something what I did understood, so I will go and describe this. So they made this experiment that actor has an 
option to pay for a benefit for recipient and the third party person can uh, pay a cost to cause a greater cost to the actor. Mm-hmm. And uh, they found that more often when the actor acts selfishly, then people tend to punish them, even though it costs them. <clears throat> and in this paper, they actually had uh, people with uh, various endowment backgrounds to just eliminate this potential of envinous. And they found that it's actually not envinous at all. It's, it's most likely anger. That it, like everything wouldn't base papers suggest that it's the, the original explanation is actually correct. Okay, so people can either be angry at antisocial behavior of others, and that's why they want to have the power to punish, yeah. or they can be envious about the luck of others. Yeah, or in the which power. Case, or the power. And all that was in an economics. Experimental economics. How does that relate to economics? Well, Just because they want to pay. I think the pay and cost sounds like economic. <laughs> oh, okay. But they didn't apply that on an economical model or whatever, blah, 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 blah. I don't know what. Uh, it was 25 pages long. Maybe I missed something. 25 pages long. Wow. I, including citations. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm sorry, just to repeat. So did they experimentally give the actors an endowment? I think that they just selected participants so that endowment was controlled variable, not the random variable. Let's say we're three random people that are participating in this experiment. Mm-hmm. How would I know what your endowment is? That is actually something that puzzled me as well. <laughs> I'm curious. Like, <laughs> like ah, this guy looks pretty rich. He looks like a good endowment. Yeah. So I'm this guy looks like a hobo. <laughs> <laughs> so should I summarize it in one sentence? Third-party punishment makes people relieve their anger. Talia! What? There you are. I've been looking at you everywhere. I've been going around the whole school to find you. We'll have maths. You know how much I love maths. No, I'm cutting class today. No, but come on. No, I don't want to go. John is going to be there. So? You're the one who likes John. I don't really care for him. I'm going to cut class. And if you're not going to cut class with me, then I don't know. Maybe we won't go to the movies this weekend. Why do you put this dilemma on me? No, you know I don't, I don't deal well with dilemmas. Just go to math. You love math. And John will be there. Oh, come on, Dahlia. Maybe Tom will be there too. No, okay, fine. We'll go to math, but then I'm going to cut out on history. Let's just go. Let's go to Malcolm. Okay, okay. Yeah, we're cut on history. So if you triangulate the circle using factor X, you're blah, 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 blah. What the hell, Teresa? Why are we in math? I don't know. (laughs) Tension is not here, and I... Dr. Frank is, like, the worst, or not even doctor. Teresa Williams! Yes, Dr. Frank? Have you been not focusing to class again? Me? No. What did I say about factor X? You said something about a circle. No, that was before. What did I say after factor X? You... Something for mitochondria. That's it! (laughs) This is the math class, not the history class. So... You will have to write down a hundred times factor X mumble 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 and bring to me tomorrow. 
No, that is exactly what I said. I was testing if you listened to me. And I gave you a chance to guess something. So, a hundred times. See you tomorrow. You better bring it. <laughs> Cut to history class. While an aunt is here in year 1231, there was a massive Teresa, battle. Teresa, how did you get me to come to this class too? But you know what? I was thinking that Dr. Frank, he was so mean to you for no reason and i really just want to get him back like i maybe we could like burn his car i know right i mean he didn't even teach us anything it was like yeah he's the worst but like or also we know where he lives maybe we could like poison his cat yes dr roberts professor roberts yes Yes, Professor. Could you say which year have this epic battle has happened <laughs> and how many orcs were involved? Oh, I know that. I know that. I know that. Uh, so that happened in the Middle Earth and there were five normals and 300 CGI. Wrong! Oh, my damn it! That's what in the Lord of the Rings. I have no idea what you're talking about. Class dismissed. <sighs> At least I didn't get like another punishment from this guy. Oh my god. But Teresa, tr- <sighs> he just yelled at you in front of the whole class. Like I really think we need to like get him back to Professor Robert. Uh, you know, I'm not sure. You know, I think that we could like um slash his tires or uh-huh. like po- <laughs> Put nails in his coffee. You know what? Or, like, um, release a lizard in his pants. Like, I I don't know. I'm not very good at that. I really, really admire you when you said that, but I'm, like, super scared. I mean, think of all all the things. What they, if they find out and then get even more punished? Teresa, what have I done about skipping class and screaming in history lessons? I got a call from Professor... Thompson or what's the name? I don't remember. And he said that you made fun of his battles. No, it's impossible, Mum, that you got anybody from Thompson. Was it Frank or Robert? Oh, Robert said it was the guy. Well, yeah. anyway, I need to see him in his office. So better stay here, young lady. I will punish you afterwards. Mum, 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 we have to talk about the party. Tracy, your mom. Your mom is such a bitch. So, like, if we killed your cat, that her cat, it would be your cat. So, let's not do that. But, like, maybe we could put um, Nair in her shampoo so all her hair falls out. Or, like... But, but Talia, look, she already is going, is mad at me. And if we do something and she found out, she will, she will not let me go to the party and I will not see John. Or, like, maybe we could cut holes in all her shirts, like, where her... You bra- really don't listen to me. Right. Mumble, mumble, mumble. What am I saying? Like, I really don't think you understand how awful these people are being to you. And it would make me feel so great if I we could just be equally awful to them. Oh, Teresa. John? Hi. Why are you crying? <laughs> I'm not crying. No, no, no. I see some social injustice must have been done on you. And I will not let this stand anymore. Yeah, yeah, Mr. Frank, 
Dr. Frank, he, he made me write, the, he punished me by making me write something hundred times. I don't even remember, like, mumble, mumble. <laughs> this is a very unjust thing to do to such a beautiful girl. <laughs> no, you don't say that. <laughs> but that was two hours ago. What happened uh, more recently and you were crying? Professor Robert also yelled at me. And uh, my mother found out that I might not be able to come to the party next week. <laughs> oh, it's the third party you're missing! Yes, I know! <laughs> oh, my mom is back! Teresa! Yes, mom! Ah! What did you do? Why did you hit me? You will go home, study, and no parties! You punk! Who are you staring at? Uh, nothing, madam. I will just go to the telephone booth over here. I need to make a phone call. Okay, I'll come on. Let's go home! No, go! <laughs> bye, bye, Talia. We cut to the telephone booth. Okay, no one is here. I can change to my superhero costume. Cut the brakes, put the nails in the coffee, cut the t-shirts with holes... And set the school on fire. <laughs> and now the news. Vandalism all around the, the city of Winnipeg here in Canada. Under the snow has been found. Cut uh, ropes, uh, nails in coffee, and uh, school has been on fire. Well, that was good for some people. And here we have the guy that did everything, Mr. John. Snow. Yes, Mr. John, Mr. Snow. Uh, why did you do all those things? Well, primarily, I didn't realize that there was a CCTV camera next to the phone booth. But finally, someone needed to take the hit and improve this society. We didn't have heating in the school, we didn't have good coffee, and the cheese pie is square instead of round. We will not tolerate this in our student community. So, I will serve my life in prison so that my fellow students can have proper education. I see, I understand the thing about the square cheese pie because nobody need, wants that, but I think the coffee was a bit far-fetched. I envy you for your courage and what you're standing up for and for trying to provide for your uh, society. Thank you very much for that. Next in the news, there is a, a school party that is coming next week. Um, Damn, Winnipeg is so small that the party is on the news. What the heck? Teresa. <laughs> anyway, I was thinking that I could stay at in your room so that your mom thinks that you're there and you could go to the party. Oh, that is so, so, so nice. Money's coming again. That won't be necessary, young lady. The angry boy in the TV have made me open my eyes. I was unfair. You can go to the third party. <laughs> It's going to be the first party, Mommy, that I will be able to go. That's so nice. I love you so much. (laughs) (laughs) The paper I brought today is called Evidence for the Assimilation of Ancient Glacier Organic Carbon in a Pro-Glacial Stream Food Web. And this was by Fellman et al. in Limnology and Oceanography in 2015. So when living things die, the organic materials in their bodies are consumed by decomposers like bacteria. 
It is generally accepted that there are compounds that are easily broken down, and these are called labile, and then there are compounds that are not easily broken down, and these are called refractory. And these refractory compounds that aren't broken down tend to accumulate in the environment. So the paradigm is that there's a pool of very old compounds that no one, like the bacteria, is eating, and thus they are not reincorporated into the food web. A refractory means like end point. Yeah, but now that the climate is changing, and specifically this paper is considering that glaciers are melting, and so very old organic material that's between 2,000 and 5,000 years old is being released because of the paradigm that old materials are less labile or they're refractory, it was unexpected that about 50% was used by bacteria. So if I understand, the glaciers are enriched in refractory material, which is suddenly released. It's enriched in old material. And the previous thought was old material must be refractory. However, it's coming out that it's much more labile than previously thought. And so the goal of this study was to assess whether this ancient glacial organic matter is actually incorporated higher in the food web. So this study specifically sampled invertebrates and salmon in the streams in a watershed in Alaska. And what they found was that 36% of the carbon that was incorporated into the invertebrates and the salmon were derived from the glacier. So it was this seemingly very refractory material that it's making its way up the food web. These findings support the idea that is emerging that organisms are utilizing old materials. In the case of the glaciers, even though the material is old, it's not actually refractory, and it's actually labile material that was not available because it's been frozen for a very, very long time. More and more studies are coming out about whether old necessarily always equals refractory, and people are looking at this in other environments other than glaciers as well. Well, I'm thinking that the the ocean floor Mm -hmm. might be refractory because... Things that take longer to go through the food web will sink. So that would enrich the ocean floor for refractory material. But if the glacier forms from rain, I don't see why necessarily rainwater would be enriched in refractory material. Well, because this is what remains. You will have like the surviving bias. The glacier is just compressed snow, right? So do you have a a lot of generations of life in a glacier before it gets compressed that much that it becomes more sterile? So, like, for example, plant material, like Camille was alluding to, usually cellulose, very ligonous materials are thought to be more refractory. Right. And is it possible that they decompose while in storage in a glacier or... So they, just by being there for a long time, they turn from refractory to labile. So actually, the way it's generally thought of is that living material and larger compounds like um, carbohydrates are more labile. And as they get utilized by different types of bacteria, they become more and more refractory until whatever small compounds are left are no longer utilizable. (laughs) I definitely can say that my fridge is enriched in refractory materials. I cannot digest Okay, there's no need for a sketch anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Would you have a one-sentence summary? Questioning the paradigm that old materials are refractory materials is supported by the finding that glacier material is incorporated high in the food web. I have brilliant setting. I have an brilliant setting too. It's very personal. (laughs) (laughs) It involves your fridge.
Okay, Barbara, we are migrating to the U.S. in two weeks and we have been stocking up food that we can easily use to cook for a month. So no more supermarket buying. We are already having a lot of expenses to leave this country that we don't want to add more material. We have plenty to live on for the next two weeks. But we've run out of vegetables. Well, we'll just have to deal without vegetables because we have all this pasta and rice and flour and couscous that you kept buying every month. So there is no reason to stock up on couscous so much because exactly now you will have to deal with eating couscous for two weeks. Mark, this is so many carbs. I'm just going to gain like 10 pounds in the two weeks eating couscous every day. That's okay. It's only the luggage that charged extra. We can be (laughs) as heavy as we need ourselves for the flight. Mark, why don't you make dinner tonight? Cut to two days before departure where there is still a huge supply (laughs) of couscous in the house. So we invited you here, Dorothy, because it's our absolute goodbye dinner. Well, yeah, but uh, you served a couscous. Yes, it's couscous with uh, water, couscous with ice, and couscous uh, that is steamed. But you know, I I, I cannot digest couscous. (laughs) I'm couscous intolerant. Well, uh, sorry, you should have mentioned this before uh, coming. That is why I insist on people and give them a list of all the things that uh, they need to reply before coming to the dinner. But uh, it's okay. You can just have the the side dishes. So we have a steam, ice cubes, and water. There could be something more. Let me let me take a look on in the refrigerator. What, what the couscous? 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 There is nothing I can eat here. Barbara, I think you should just try it. Couscous is really good. It's actually really. Good. Well, last time I tried it, it really hurt. But, uh, okay. It hurt going in or it hurt coming out? All the way. <laughs> well, maybe you can try this organic couscous. It's double the price, so it must be better. Yeah, okay. Let, let, let's have a dinner. Oh, sorry. You, you're living in country. You want to like have a good time, and I'm just making these annoying comments. I'm sorry. Let, let's have a dinner. <laughs> oh, God. How can you eat it? I'm oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. I'm so looking forward to you to be <laughs> Yeah, I believe you will have a great time in the US. Kind of bittersweet. Yeah. Oh, sweet, sweet. <laughs> That's why we like you. You're just so honest. We cut week later to visit of Barbara to her practical doctor. Miss Fieldstein? Yeah, that's my Barbara Fieldstein. Okay. What seems to be bothering you today? I have not pooped in a week. So you think this material is aging within your body. I don't know. It sounds like a dead end. Is there any fermentation? How can I possibly know? I'm not dissecting my intestines. Are you farting? (laughs) Yes. You don't have to be shy here. I'm a doctor of medicine. Oh, a real doctor. So, uh, the the doctor, like, what would have happened? Are you trying to say that this couscous I've eaten was refactory? I'm going to prescribe you some medicine that'll help it go through a little faster, and let's see how it works. Okay, great. Thank you, doctor. Well, can I have the medicine? (laughs) The nurse will help you with that. (laughs) Ah, here is the medicine. (laughs) Indeed. (laughs) Cut to the queue of the toilets at the cinema where the new movie Titanic, The Return of the Glacier, has just premiered. Oh my, this queue is so long! I'm never going to make it to the toilet before the movie starts! Mister? Yes? I have a great idea for you. Yes? 
have this couscous. The best part of this couscous is that you won't need to go to toilet ever again. But then you will need to see a doctor. This sounds like a pyramid scheme for doctors. This sounds like uninterrupted rest of the timing. I'm sold. Thank you so much. Robert, you know that you've been eating couscous nonstop and you've lost 50 pounds. I know. That's why I can now fly. How do you have the energy to fly? Because I'm a feather heavy. <laughs> and now I will go to the US. Fly to US to visit my old friends. And through the ocean. I fly. <laughs> Martha! Do you see me? Mark! Uh, I think we took too many drugs. I think I just saw Dorothy land in our balcony. Was it the seasickness medication? Yeah, these drugs for the seasickness have been affecting me for a month now. Let me check. Oh! You're here! You're no, real! No sickness at all! Thanks to your couscous diet, I managed to lose 50. Fifty pounds! And the thing is, before that, I had 50 pounds! So now, I'm in a weight of air. I'm like the feather. I'm feather woman! Just thanks to you, you saved my life. Oh my god, Mark, what can we do with this? We, we should market couscous as a magical weight loss. No, it's not even weight loss. It's, it's superpower inducing. Yes, you can finally use this worthless doctor degree you got in a worthless science. On mitochondria? Yes, market this miracle cure for weight. We're in the perfect conditions for this. Ah, America. <laughs> <laughs> Let's start a door-to-door campaign. Ding dong! Hello, what do you want? Ah, uh, yes, uh, my wife is a, a real doctor. And my husband is also a real doctor. And we have this miracle cure for you, sir. Well, you look like scientists. Yes, but I have a lab coat, see? So I, I uh, listen to me, I must say something that's true. I don't believe in fake news. It's okay, Mark. Let's try the next door. Ding dong! Yes? Hi, ma'am. My name is Martha. Dr. Martha. And this is my husband, Dr. Mark. You look like people who are selling couscous. Is it the beard? No! The lab coats! Yeah, yeah. We're still working on our image, you see. So would you like to buy some couscous? Yes! Are you a fan of the couscous? That's why I'm so slim. You like my body, do you? Wait a minute, wait a minute. Who told you about the weight loss caused by couscous? I grew up in Alaska. Everybody eats couscous there. But have you copyrighted this information? No, it's Alaska. Nobody knows what copyright is. Quick, to the copyright office. Ding dong. Yes. Ma'am, sir? Ma'am? Yes. Um, You're growing a little bit of a beard. Uh, 12 o'clock shadow. Anyway, anyway, I really, my husband's going to kill me that I'm making all this small talk with you, but I really need to file a copyright patent for couscous. Let me check if it has been filed already. And if it's, if it's under couscous, maybe we can do like K-O-S-K-O-S? Yes, that is available. What is the description of this K.O.S. product? Um, well, it... Let me guess. It (laughs) knocks out people, is it? Uh, well, no, it gives them extreme constipation. And such that their intestines seize up and don't take up any more nutrients. And then they lose 50 to 100, depending on their start weight, all the way until they're weightless. 
I'm sorry, this is already under cellulose. That is why cellulose is a refractory material. Goodbye. Did we make you laugh out loud? Or did we make you cry? Did we make you think about something new or in a new way? Did we say something wrong? Did we say anything right? Could we have taken the sketch in a different direction? Join in on the discussion. You can do that by going to our website at www.thecatalyst.ch and commenting on the episode. We would love to hear from you. On the website, we also have references for each paper, and you can check out the other projects by The Catalyst, a science entertainment collective. Special thanks to Primitivo for our theme song. Until next time, folks. Scratch!